So I'm going to start with um, one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs. I cannot sing, so I will spare you all um, having to hear me sing, especially while fighting off a cold. It would only sound more like cats howling in the middle of the night. But um, the first uh, few lines of my favorite Christmas song are, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. So this, like I said, is a line from one of my favorite Christmas songs, and it is absolutely how we should feel about the birth of our king. Now, I don't know about y'all, but there have been times that by Christmas morning, the only joy I have is that I somehow made it to that morning with everything, like, mostly done or done well enough, and sometimes my triumph is that I found the perfect material gift, not my triumph where it should be, Um, and sometimes I even find my joy clouded by exhaustion or anxiety over um, holiday travel. Like this year we're flying on Christmas Eve, why I thought that was a good idea. Don't ask me, but that's how it worked out. Um, Or sometimes there's, you know, family dynamics or something else that is adding some stress to your holiday. Um, I want to first look at Christmas joy as seen through two of my favorite Christmas movies, Um, I have small children, but I really can't blame it on them because they're my favorite even without the small children. Um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas and A Charlie Brown Christmas. As we watch these two clips, I want you to think about what they have to say um, about Christmas and joy at Christmas. Um, First, that Christmas joy is not found in the commercialized version of Christmas that we see um, and that is so popular today. And secondly, that true Christmas joy comes from the birth of Christ. So... The first clip is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. If you know anything about me and my children, it is this, the Grinch is our absolute favorite. I'm not really sure um, how it's gotten this big, but um, it was something my dad, my dad had the original book from the 1960s. I, well, I think the one we have is published in 1965 or so. And um, I want to say the story actually came out in a magazine in the 50s. But um, he read it to my family every year, and he passed away right before Christmas, Uh, I got married in January, and he passed away like the week before Christmas, right before my wedding. So um, to try to get my kids to know something about him, um, we have always read them The Grinch. And it's like his original battered copy that I think I have to give my sister this year because she had a baby, and now I feel like I have to share it. (laughs) Um, But we actually used it in our like professional Christmas pictures last year, so I feel like I at least have like that memento, and maybe she'll take pity on me eventually and give it back to me. But um, but anyways, my older daughter, Macy, is absolutely obsessed with the Grinch. If you don't know that about her, like, she dresses up as Cindy Lou Who for uh, Halloween. And just so you know, they don't make that costume. So that involved, like, no sewing mommy making a costume, which both grandmas took pity on me and finished it for us. And my husband was even very kindly the Grinch. I meant to put a picture on my slide, and it just didn't happen. But um, all that to say, um, I would like you to watch a clip of the movie that I have to watch pretty much seven days a week. Um, but it is a favorite. So I'm sure you've all heard that line a million times, but I'm going to paraphrase it quickly for you. It says, it came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And I know that everyone in this room knows that, but aren't there those times where you get caught up in, I just have to get the Hatchimal or whatever it is this year. I don't know if I even said that right. But like... You know, like there's something that you just feel like, well, Christmas will be perfect this year if we have 
whatever it is. Um, I like to call that the Christmas morning letdown. Um, I want you to think for a minute if there was a time when you were growing up where you just had to have this certain gift. Um, For me, that was a Power Wheels. And um, as a side note, my children got one last Christmas. um, And it, you know, they might have been like, or one and three when they got it. So it might have jumped the gun a little bit. But like, I never got the Power Wheels that I wanted. (laughs) And (laughs) confession time, I might be living through them. And no, I haven't. I haven't driven it yet while they're sleeping, but I'm always tempted to, and maybe one of these days I'll do it, and you all can um, laugh when it uh, does not go with me in it in the middle of my street. But um, I never got it from probably as seriously age three to four till I was like 12 and probably too big to have one. Um, I never received one, and every year when I open my last gift, it doesn't matter like how awesome the things I got were or that it was stuff I asked for or you know anything. It's just... When I didn't get that gift, there was always that kind of like, uh, like, that's it, kind of. And I think there's even times when we receive all the material gifts that we ask for and we still end up with that feeling. Like, I don't know, that happened to me as a kid and admittedly even as an adult. Um, I won't admit my adult ones, but my kid um, was an easy bake oven. And I actually never got an easy bake oven, but my twin sister got one, which meant that it was totally my territory to play with, too. Um, And, you know, like you see the commercials and it like this perfect cake comes out of it. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but in like it looks like it was decorated, you know, by a professional baker and I'm sure it tastes amazing. Then you make it and it's like a light bulb in a plastic container. It really like I think that is what heats it. And it comes out kind of like a microwave, like if you tried to microwave cake and like it's a little bit tough and, you know, and so I just think it's one of those like where the commercial versus the reality isn't the same. But isn't that what Christmas has become in some ways, the commercial of Christmas? If you just do everything perfect and it looks a certain way and you buy a certain gift and you get the perfect Christmas pictures, then Christmas will be great. But the reality is those aren't the things that make Christmas great. Um, While doing my research for today, I was very scientifically um, Googling um, Oh Come All You Faithful because I wanted to mention that song. But um, by luck or, you know, God's will, I came across an article by a pastor, Ray Pritchard. He's the president of Keep Believing Ministries, and he has an entire website dedicated to Christmas sermons, which I think is awesome, and I read a bunch of them. But what he says about Christmas joy is that part of our problem is that we've got the wrong idea about joy. We tend to connect it with happiness and think that joy depends on our circumstances. And he says about Christmas joy... You can't possibly have joy by going from one party to another to another or or frantically racing through the shopping mall. In fact, going to the mall this time of year is an excellent way to lose your joy. And um, I want you to think about what steals your joy at Christmas. Um, For me, I have found that as a mom, it's pressure to do too much this time of year that steals my joy. So I want to just say, and I'm totally guilty of it myself, but remember that it's okay to simplify. You don't have to feel pressured to do it all. I know uh, Dee Dee has touched on it in the past, and I totally agree with her. Like, you don't have to do Elf on the Shelf. Or if you do, it doesn't have to be, you know, everything doesn't have to be Pinterest-worthy. It doesn't, I mean, I recently missed a PTF meeting because I was at work, and another person kindly because they knew I liked to do that stuff, but they signed me up for the Pinterest treat line. And like, I kind of felt like, thanks, I wasn't there. So now I have to make, you know, 
uh, 50 turkey feather fruit boxes or whatever, um, which I literally stayed up till like midnight the night before doing, and my husband had to finish them because I burnt myself with a high heat hot glue gun, which in case you don't know, actually really hurts, and like I had to get seek mild medical treatment for it. <laughs> and so if you don't make the Pinterest treats, it's okay. This morning, I had this plan to make this elaborate Christmas thing to put on the table back there, and the pre-bag salad is mine, just so you know. Like, it's just, like, I'm keeping it real, but, like, it's not, you can't always do it. And it's okay if you can't. And along those lines, it's okay to say no to something at, at Christmas and the rest of the time. And I'm the worst about it. Anyone who knows me knows that, like, I pretty much don't say no unless it's the K-N-O-W. Um, but if attending every single friend's Christmas party is too much or doing the cookie exchange and the let's all make ornaments together, homemade crafty ones, like, if you can't do it all, it's fine to say no. I think the only request is that you do it thoughtfully and politely so you don't wait till the last second and then feel overwhelmed. I think if that happens occasionally, go for it. But, you know, it's also hard to be the one planning this crazy huge party and then, you know, everyone panics at the last minute. So I think it's, it's fine to say no, just be polite about it. But it is okay and you'll still be friends. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then I think, too, if commercials, Pinterest, or social media stress you out at the holidays or any other time, Turn them off. Um, Turn them off for this season or turn them off for longer if that's what you need. So now let's get into what Christmas really is all about. Linus from A Charlie Brown Christmas has it right. He looks to Luke 2, 8 through 14 as a reminder of the true meaning of Christmas. So we're going to quickly watch that clip. So like I said, Linus has it right. He knows what the true meaning of Christmas is, and you will find it in Luke. You will find it in the other in other books too, but Luke is my favorite. I just want to note while the movie is fresh in your mind that when Linus says, do not be afraid, he drops his security blanket. If you have ever seen the Peanuts movies or, or a TV show, he always has his security blanket. And as far as I know, this is the only time he ever drops it. So I want you to think about What is your security blanket that you hold on to, that you need to let go of and cling to the Lord instead? He says, do not be afraid. And so I want to read, I know you just heard most of it, but I want to read Luke 2 through 8 in the King James Version because I think it's, you know, like, I don't know, I like it's like the traditional true Christmas story. And we read this to our kids. We read them the night before Christmas and the Grinch, but then we finish with this every year on Christmas Eve because I want them to have the real Christmas story in their head um, when they go to bed that night. So here it is. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, 
they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard as it was told unto them. So struggling to understand the true meaning of Christmas is not a new problem. I think we always think, well, our generation's problem, like we're the first ones to have to do this, but it's really not. Um, For example, How the Grinch Stole Christmas was first published in 1957 and was a critique of the commercialization of Christmas, and a Charlie Brown Christmas premiered in 1965. The story touched on the over-commercialization and secularism of Christmas and serves to remind viewers of the true meaning of Christmas. I read in my research for today that um, Charles Schultz had it written into the contract when he allowed the movie that that piece could never be taken out of the movie or it couldn't be played on TV. You might want to fact check that, but that is what I read. Um, So more importantly, even at the time of Jesus' birth, I think many people in society struggled to understand its full meaning. Um, Micah 5.2, 700 years before Jesus' birth, predicted that it would happen. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old from ancient times. Now we know that the shepherds and the magi dropped everything at Jesus' coming. But as far as we know, it was largely ignored by other theologians and leaders at that time until they heard the word spread through the magi and the shepherds. So even Herod didn't try to have Jesus killed until the Magi had gone to see Jesus and then he came back and heard about it. Now, all the theologians would have known Micah 5.2 as well or better than the shepherds in the field, and yet God called the shepherds in the field to come witness Jesus' birth. So it's the same for us. He's not calling just the leaders you know, and pastors, not that he's not calling them, but he's calling the lay people and us that are shepherds like myself or you. you know, He's calling all of us to to witness that miracle and to know what it means. Um, So what does Jesus' birth mean? Let's turn back to Ray Pritchard's sermon I referenced earlier. He tells us to look at Luke 2.11 for the core meaning of Christmas. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So I want to look at the words Savior, Christ, and Lord. Um, Savior is one who delivers his people. Matthew 121 says, Give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Christ is the anointed one. That's the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah, and in some translations it actually uses the word Messiah there. And um, third is Lord. Lord is a deity, the synonym for God, ruler of the universe. So Ray Pritchard has this to say, which I just couldn't think of a way to say it better. Um, He says, he is the Savior, he is the Lord, and he is the Christ, the one sent from God. I call this the result of his coming, and in a sense, that's not entirely accurate. He is Savior, Lord, and Christ, even without his coming. But if he had never come, we would have never known it. The truth of Jesus would forever have been hidden from us. This is the heart of Christmas. God loved us enough to send his only begotten son. Think of it this way. He did not send a committee. He didn't write a book, and he didn't send a substitute. No, when God got ready to save the world, he sent the best thing he had, his one and only child. And in sending Jesus, he was really sending himself. That is the stupendous truth of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. So I want to go from that into some ways that you can experience joy and share joy at Christmas. 
um, I think there's five easy, easy steps. Um, and I feel like these are things we tell our kids, um, but we need to practice them as well. First, be kind. Second, share. Third, give. Fourth, choose experiences over items. And fifth, remember what's important. On be kind, when traveling, you know, be the one to let the car in that's been waiting for 10 lights to turn. Or when you're flying, you know, hold someone's baby for them so they can use the bathroom or get something out of the overhead bin. Um, Even just to smile. And when shopping, try not to get irritated. I know it's like not the fun time of year to shop. I, I had to go to Sawgrass Mills last week, and I really, like, thought I might need a stiff drink afterwards. Um, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. So, but it was one of those things where, you know, it, there was a person in front of me. My last store was Target, and my babysitting time was, like, running out, but I figured I would just go to that Target because it was right there, and I literally had two two items, a ban- like bananas, and I forget what the other thing was. But um, there was a car in front of me, and they had, like, maybe three or four things, so I get in line behind them. And it was, you know, like, when the line's way far back and you have to snake all the way up. So by the time we get there, the person putting their stuff on the cart, and there's me holding my two items, they waved up their friend who had a cart overflowing to the top, you know, of, like, bedding and all this stuff. And I really badly wanted to say, are you freaking kidding? Like, I have bananas. My baby's, like, I'm paying overtime now. <laughs> like, it was... But I, I just said, Merry Christmas. And maybe I didn't say it in the way I should have. And it was, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it, yeah, just keeping it real. And it, honestly, I'm trying to think now if it might have been before Thanksgiving, which I really try not to say that before Thanksgiving. So I might have been off timing. But um, I was convicted that I probably should have said it in a different manner. And did, was that fair? No. But was it really worth, like, my whole drive home, I was kind of angry. And I should have been like, woohoo, my last 10 minutes alone. But, like, I didn't, you know, instead of, like, singing to myself where it's okay if I have to hear it, I, like, sat there being angry. And I just think, try to remember. I don't know what they were going through that day. Maybe they had something they needed to do, too. So that's be kind. <laughs> Secondly, share. Like, bake an extra pie for your neighbor or or, you know, go caroling together. I was telling my husband last night that um, at Thanksgiving when I was growing up, we all went to one of my aunt's houses, and I have a lot of cousins. And, it, I mean, there were probably 30 people most years. And what we would do is at the end of Thanksgiving evening, we would all gather around my aunt's piano, and she would play Christmas carols, and we would sing them all. And, like, when I turned to a teenager, I was like, oh, we have to do this, you know, kind of, like, but I think of it as one of my fondest memories now. It's like how we kicked off the Christmas season as a family. And most of us didn't see each other for Christmas because we came together for Thanksgiving and then kind of spread back out everywhere. Um, and now I don't see my own family most Christmases, and that's something that I wish I could, like, do with my kids. Um, maybe not me singing, but, you know, like, just have traditions like that. Um, and then give. Um, I know we all know of lots of awesome ways to give at Christmas. There's so many programs like the Angel Tree Project, Toys for Tots, Um, Operation Christmas Child, um, or I also saw you can do where you have have your children each pick three or four toys to leave out for Santa to take to other children when he comes to your house, if that's something you do. Um, I would also suggest choosing experiences over items. I think even, like, I know I'm not the only one whose house is overflowing with toys and things, and you're like, I can't even walk on the floor. Um, What I'm trying to do, and it doesn't always translate with extended family, but is, like, encourage... um, movie tickets or um, passes to a park that you like, something where it's making an activity for the family together. 
And um, my, I, it's in our magazine, but I'll just touch on it again, is last year my husband got me tickets to a concert for Christmas. Like, that was my main big present. And the concert wasn't until this October. It was just a few weeks ago. But I looked forward to that all year. And when it came up in October, I got to have a night out with my husband. So, yes, it was a, like, material gift, but really the experience of it, and honestly taking that long, it was to see Adele, which if you know, that's worth that long waiting to see. And she did tell us all Merry Christmas at her concert because she said she knew we'd probably all bought them the year before. But, um, but something like that is, I don't know, I value that more than a material item that's going to go away. And I think too, remember what's important. Remember the true Christmas story. Remember that everything's not going to be perfect with your family or travel, or something, but just remember that when you look back on those memories, you want them to be the good things and not the things you struggled with that you're remembering. And because I feel like I have to show this every single year, it's a compulsion. If you are feeling this joyful this um, holiday season, I would like you just to remember to read Luke 2.11 And know that it's never too late to find true joy at Christmas when you look to our Savior, Christ the Lord. Thank you.